Good afternoon, my friends. This is Vince, and welcome to America Next. I've been away for a few weeks, um, very busy, but at the same time, I have not stopped thinking about the fight to save our democracy. As you've noticed from the title of this episode, um, I have three areas that I want to chat with you about. So I will jump right in and please um, sit back and enjoy. The first area I want to talk about is the primaries. Over the last several weeks, we've held primaries in this country in two different weeks in many different states. Now, the reason I want to talk about the primaries is because it brings up a very clear point that I think we need to discuss. Okay, and I'll talk about that. Let's talk about the primaries from the perspective of the Democrats. Now, from the Democrats' perspective, as you know, primaries are there to see to pick a candidate to that will run in the general election when it comes to their Senate or House seat. In the Democratic category, I think we did all in all very well. I think in many places the the midline, the you know, the center Democrats did far better than the progressives. Within the Democratic Party, as you know, there are, you know, different factions. Um, you have the extreme liberals, you have the progressives, and you have the more cent centrist people. Um, right now, I think the, the Democratic Party is changing. Um, I think that we are beginning to get more progressive, but that's going to be a slow process. So for right now, it seems that the public still favors a more centrist type of individual. Um, and that's just what we have to work with as we move forward. But there's a couple of points that I want to make out here. Let's talk about like in North Carolina. In North Carolina, a black woman was selected as the first woman to run for Senate for her particular area. Okay. That's a big thing. Absolutely a wonderful thing. In Texas, again, they had a lot of different kind of candidates running and, and progressives and, and centrist. But the centrist did much, much better. All in all, the centrists were the, the overwhelming force that when it came to Democrats, that the people were looking forward to. The centrists were able to gather, gain a lot of momentum, get a lot of press, and and move things along in a very positive way. Also, for the Democratic area, in um, the state of Michigan, this should be pointed out, that in the state of Michigan, they were had some vacant seats for their particular, their state legislation. They had some seats that were coming up that were vacant, uh, either vacant or the incumbent was not running. Well, this is very interesting. A woman there, one a Democratic woman, won the seat that was being vacated. Now, why is this being, I'm talking about this? Well, this particular seat is in a heavily Republican area, and this particular district overwhelmingly supported Trump during the last election. But she was able to flip that seat. That's significant, okay? That is very significant because what it shows you is that nothing is carved in stone. 
we have the ability to go out there and make changes. If this woman can flip her seat in a Republican district, okay, then this fight is far from over. And that's what you should remember. Now, I want to talk about the Republicans because I think this is more important in this discussion today than what the Democrats did. Republicans, as you know, everyone likes to say right now that the Republican Party is all Trump. Well, let me point out some things to you, and then I'm going to make a statement. First and foremost, in places like Texas, again, when there was a lot of, um, as you've seen, Texas has been in the news a lot, it seems like naturally everything there was going to go Trump's way. Well, guess what? Overwhelmingly, Trump's people did not fare as well in Texas as as the non-Trump of Republicans did. And that's the same case around the country. You know, the the Trump people picked up five or six um, you know, positions in the state, but the non-Trump people picked up even more. Okay? In North Carolina, you've all heard of um, Congressman Kaythorn. He is that representative from um, North Carolina, the gentleman that's in a wheelchair. He's been a very strong supporter of Trump. Well, guess what? He did not win his reelection bid. Okay? Okay, listen, keep following me now. In Idaho, Trump had selected a guy to run for lieutenant governor that he thought was going to be a shoe-in because this guy was more Trump than Trump was. I mean, he was very radical, very, very radical to the far right. Well, guess what? He didn't make it either. And in Georgia, in Georgia, as you know, Trump has been very mad at the governor in, in Georgia for ever since the election because the governor would not, you know, overturn the election. Both the Secretary of State and the governor said no to Trump when he tried to overthrow the election. So Trump has never liked either one of them. Well, both of those guys were up for re-election you know, for their party. And guess what? Both of those guys won, beating out Trump's hand-picked guys. Now, what does that say? This happens all over the country. What does that say? It says clearly, Trump does not own the Republican Party. He has a strong following in the Republican Party, but he does not own it. So, from this point on, what I want you to remember as we talk further about, you know, what we need to do, don't think of the Republican Party as this one big block that, you know, all of them are a bunch of fanatics and crazy and stuff. You know, I've always said that there's good people and bad people on both sides in both areas, both parties. What I'm emphasizing here is when you go out, make sure that you talk to people and listen to them and find out where they're coming from. It's nothing wrong with having a multi-party system. We need that. What's wrong is when you have a, a group of people who decide to try to overthrow the government. That's a problem. So just because a person is a Republican does not mean in any way, shape, or form that that person is a bad person. Just like just because you're a Democrat doesn't mean that you're a good person. It's about your actions what you want to do. So going forward, remember, 
Trump does not own the Republican Party. He is influ influential and he has a large following. But there is movement within the Republican Party to separate themselves. And that's what we have to support. Now, let's talk about the other area I want to bring up, the crazies. As you know, I'm always talking about the crazy people within um, our society, particularly on the far right, the crazy people that is involved with what um, Trump is, is involved with. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's face it. The crazies are making more noise every day. And they like to make noise simply to hear themselves. I don't think at this point that they truly, in any way, shape, or form, believe half the stuff that they say. I don't. Um, I believe that they are so far out there when it comes to just being loud that they don't realize how ignorant they are. It was a lady that's running for office in the Midwest. I believe it's Michigan, but I'm not sure that made the statement that she's going to, if she ever gets into, you know, elected, she's going to do everything she can to support Trump because Trump was sent by God and she's going to make sure that she helps implement the Christian doctrine to run the United States. Okay. Now, as you can imagine, <laughs> there's two big things wrong with what she was saying. First, Trump has nothing to do with God. Okay? Nothing. So let's not even, we don't even have to go down that path. Okay? He has nothing to do with God. God has nothing to do with this man. The second thing is that I was born a Christian. Okay? But I believe in how our government was set up. The forefathers set it up so that there's a separation between church and state. Why? Because government should not be for any particular group. Government should be for the people, and our democracy is for the people. If you have a religion that runs that government, then you're running into some serious problems. And if you want an example, all you have to do is look to the Middle East, okay? Look at places like, you know, Iran and Iraq and places like that, where the Taliban is running things. That's a religion sect, okay? You see what happens when they run things. They do things according to a strict religious doctrine, and anything that doesn't fall into that is destroyed. We don't want that. We have never had that. We have a government here that allows people of different races, religion, background, um, you know, ethnicities, a government that supports everyone equally, given everyone an equal opportunity to pursue their lives' dreams. And that's the way our democracy is. So no, we do not want our society set up so that one religion controls the government. That's not good, ladies and gentlemen. No matter how you slice it, that's not good. We have to remember, keep things separate. Remember, separation of church and state. That is something we should do. Now, the last area I want to talk to you about is the mass shootings that we've had during the last several weeks. First, it was Buffalo, and now we have the situation down in Texas. Now, in Buffalo, the situation was the young man, um, a, a racist young man, um, decided that because his life is not where he wants it to be, 
that he was going to go out and take it out, take out his frustrations on the people that he says has caused his problems. And who are those people? Black people. You know, regardless of the fact that he's not doing anything to help himself, he has decided that he can blame all of the problems on someone else. This is a typical racist point of view. Racists never build their, their lives on facts. They sit at home, complain, cry, drink, cry in their beer, and blame someone else for their problems. And this young man in Buffalo was the same way. He's no different. He's an ignorant racist that is more harm to this society than we can ever imagine. Okay, so do not think of him. Do not try to sympathize with him. Do not feel like we need to pray. No, you know, if you want to pray for him, fine. But that's all you need to do. You know, he's a problem child. He is caught now. I hope they throw him in jail for the rest of his life. And we need to move on. The other young man down in Texas. Now, again, he had some issues, as we all can see. But his issues were the issues that go along with not just being a racist, but just being angry with life, okay? Remember, the children were, you know, he wasn't shooting at the children because they were Hispanic. He was shooting at the children because they were innocent, and he was just mad, and he knew they couldn't fight back. He's another typical example of the extreme element that we have in our society, these young men, typically young men, do not want to stand up and look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, what can I do to make my life better? They will look in the mirror and say, I am great, I am perfect, and everybody else is causing me the problem. So even if this guy in Texas was not looking at a particular race, he was still angry with society because he could not achieve all of the things he wanted to achieve. And why didn't he, couldn't he achieve that? It's because he's not willing to work for it. Okay? He's typical. They do not want to work for anything. They want to sit back and, and have things given to them. And when that doesn't happen, they blame society. Again, this young man is dead now, but if he was caught... He should go to prison for the rest of his life. But now he has to deal with his maker, and I'm sure it's not going to be a pretty sight. But the two shootings bring up another point, and that's the last title of, of, of this episode. It's called Mass Murder. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we all understand that when it comes to firearms, guns, that there are too many of them on the streets. They are too accessible, okay? Way too accessible. I grew up in a home with my father who had multiple guns and he went hunting and things of that nature. That's fine. But two things that's different today than it was then. Then, most people just wanted to have a hunting-type gun. Okay, and you had to go and fill out forms and be registered and background checks and things of that nature. Today, for some reason, you have a lot of people who want to go out and get the most um, military 
style weapon they can find. Okay, these guns will not, cannot be used for hunting. They're only good if you are out there on the battlefield. So that's the reason when they go to a, a mall and pull the trigger, they can kill 50 people within a couple of minutes. They are designed to kill. And this is the second point. These people just walked in and put the money on the table and bought the gun. In some places, you don't have to have a full background check. This is a problem, ladies and gentlemen. Let's face it. Okay? Let's face it. If a person has a criminal record and this person has uh, some kind of mental or social disorder, and this person is wanted, um, is known to law enforcement to be involved in activities that warrant him to be under suspicion, those people should not have access to these guns. If he walks in there, there should be a system in place that he or she has to fill out a form. That form is sent off to a national system to check to see if anywhere in the country this person is A, a criminal, two, wanted, or three, you know, has a mental disorder. If all of that comes back, if everything comes back clean and it's a national search, then that person should be able to purchase a regular gun. I said a regular gun. We don't need the AR-15s and weapons like that. Those weapons were designed for war. These weapons are designed to kill, not to be on the public streets of America. So we don't need that. So as two things have to happen, full background checks to make sure that people who should not get them are kept from them. And secondly, we need to control the fact that those weapons of war do not need to be put out on the streets. You can talk to any law enforcement um, official you want to, and they will tell you the same thing. I have chatted with many of them in Maryland, Virginia, D.C., okay, Pennsylvania. You know, I have listened to the the set in on some sometime when you have these um, talk shows when they have law enforcement people there, and all say the same thing. No, they don't see a reason why the regular Joe and Mary should be out there buying these weapons because these weapons are designed to destroy and kill. We don't need that. Can you imagine a place like New York City, Miami, Chicago, if everybody starts packing? So every time someone gets in a disagreement, someone pulls out a gun and starts shooting. So it ends up hundreds of people are killed every day, and most of those people were just innocent bystanders? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We don't need that. We don't. So we have to change our attitudes about the guns. Yes, full background checks, 100% full background checks. And it has to be a national check. It cannot be a check just for your state because that person could have moved from one place to the other. There needs to be a national registry when it comes to guns. And two, we don't need the weapons of mass destruction. That's just the bottom line. Okay? Now, many people are going to fight that because the 
unfortunately, the people who um, believe in gun ownership, they misinterpret, you know, our Constitution. When they were talking about in our Constitution about, you know, the right to bear arms, they were looking at it from the perspective that we were a young, new nation. And that we had just broken away from England. And we didn't know if England, the Redcoats, any day would probably try to come over and reclaim this colony. So they expected the people to be able to form militias to stand up and fight to protect this new government, this new sovereign that we have pulled together. That's what they were talking about. They were not talking about all of us walking around with military weapons as we go about doing our shopping at the mall. That's not what they meant. And our legislators, our congressmen, our senators, they must stand up and see that. We cannot continue to have the mass murders that we are having. We cannot. Those kids down in in Texas, 19 of them and two teachers, what were they doing? They were in school. And this young man, legally, several days prior to the shooting, bought this AK-47, several of them. Okay? But his family and others knew that he had mental problems. He had been documented with mental issues. First, he didn't need that kind of gun. Two, he didn't need any gun. We have to step up and say, lives are more important. Lives are much more important than whether or not you are able to have your AK-47. We have to put that as, the, as one of the checks in our voting um, parameters. When you go out to vote for somebody new, you have to find out how they feel about that. You have to say, hey, I'm not saying we're going to take your guns away, but we have to put controls in place. Criminals, mentally unstable people, they don't deserve it. They should not have it. And two, we need to stop selling weapons that the U.S. Army uses at war. You don't need that. And we have to be strong enough to stand up and say no. As I've said many times before, we have the power. We the majority. The issues I have brought out today dealing with the primaries. Remember I said that the Republicans are not all Trump people, that the non-Trump people did far better than the Trump people, okay? Also pointed out in the Democrats that we are making inroads. We are changing areas. We are changing seats, flipping seats from going from Republicans to Democrats. I've also pointed out to you that our society prefers a more centrist Politician, someone who tries to be middle ground. That's what the majority likes. The majority of us, Democrat, Republican, Black, White, Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. The majority of us 
wants our country to remain a very democratic, you know, open environment that allows people to grow and be whatever they want to be. We don't want our kids killed just for going to school. We don't want our politicians to use their office to make money. We don't want the big oil companies to continue to rip us off. You know, even when things are bad for us, they are continue to screw us. We don't like those things. And we can change those by doing what? Voting. Okay, remember what I said. We got to do three things. We have to stand up and let it be known how we feel. We have to be more vocal, more angry, more pushy. We have to vote. The second thing is vote in record numbers so that we elect people that think like we do. And the third thing is some of you out there need to run for office. Some of you are very capable and you need to do that. So my friends, let's continue this fight. We are This fight is far from over. And if you've learned anything from this episode today, you see that this fight is far from over. We still have a ways to go, but things are looking better every day. But we have to keep up the fight. Right now, we are trying to pass legislation to bring about some kind of controls over guns. Like I said, people, vote. If they don't do it now, make sure that in November, when you vote, those people that's standing on the side and trying not to do anything to help, you vote them out. Just tell them your day is over. It's time for a change. We can do this. We, the majority, have the power. Okay? All right, guys. Thanks very much. Let's talk again real soon. And let's keep moving forward. Thank you.